Jesus. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Hi everyone, this is Letty Magina and I am the host of this week's Healing the Whole Person. And I have the great pleasure of having a friend, Lisa Phillip, in the studio with me. Lisa is the Director of Evangelization and Youth Formation at St. Paul the Apostle Catholic Church in Gurney, Illinois. And welcome, Lisa. Uh, thank you for agreeing to come and share a bit of your spiritual journey with us and how God has brought healing into your life. Thank you. It is a joy to be here. I don't know if there's anything I love more than talking about Jesus. I'm with you, girl. <laughs> I'm with you. So I had the great, uh, wonderful opportunity to work with Lisa last year uh, as I was involved with youth ministry at St. Paul the Apostle, and so I got to know a little bit of her story. So why don't we start out with your kind of your witness, the how you kind of like to share. Okay. So I think that I would probably say I'm a lot like most Catholics. I was baptized as a baby, about six weeks old, and then I made my first communion a little bit later, probably I think in the third or the fourth grade. And nothing, I can't say anything amazing happened, right? I mm -hmm. think I remember my first communion. I had a dress with lace on and it was itchy, it was hand-me-down, I didn't feel comfortable, <laughs> right? And I didn't necessarily grow up in a faith and a home that had faith that was present, right. right? And so there was faith around me with some families and some other family members, but it wasn't necessarily lived out mm -hmm. to me in a joyful way. And so I always identified with being Catholic, right? And I knew who God the Father was. Even as an early child, I believed in God, and mm -hmm. I knew that there was something greater, something bigger than me that created me to have a purpose on earth. Um, but Jesus, I had no idea who that man was, right? Okay. And so grew up. Um, was very successful in high school, athlete, a good student, went to college, played college sports for a while, um, graduated from college, and I would say that my life was very worldly, very worldly, very secularly, and I identified with so many things as my identity mm -hmm. that was not God. So yeah. it could have been money, it could have been my job, it could have been a title, it could have been trying to get the corner office, Yes, it could have been all of those things, right? Eventually I got married, and got married in the Catholic Church, okay. right? And we were married for probably about six years. And then I just felt like a bomb got dropped on me, like just a grenade. What happened? And my husband came home, or I came home from work one day, and he shared with me that he was having an affair. Oh, wow. And never saw it coming. Um, I was not aware. I knew there was probably some things wrong in our relationship, but never saw that. And from the core of my soul, there was pain, yeah. it ached, the betrayal, oh, yeah. right, of that. And people think it's so much about the fact that your spouse had sex with this other person. It really hasn't, it, it's not really anything about that. It's the betrayal. Yeah. It's the betrayal that yeah. somebody took something from you, a place of innocence, a place of nakedness mm -hmm. that's only supposed to be made in that marital covenant, right? Right. And so I was crushed and I was in so much pain and it was so much bigger than me and yeah. I knew somehow I knew right by the grace of God that nobody could fix this mm. that money wasn't going to be able to be thrown at this to fix it my parents couldn't say it was going to be okay friends couldn't say it was going to be okay so I humbled myself and I ran to the church yeah and the first thing I did was go to confession because I hadn't been to confession since I was a little girl 
making my first reconciliation. Isn't that interesting that that's where the Lord led you Mm -hmm. to confession? So I went to confession, and then after that, I started going to Mass weekly. And I would just cry out at Mass. And at this point in time, I never made my reconciliation or my confirmation. And so I sought out a couple different local parishes, and I decided to go through RCIA to complete my uh, sacraments of initiation. And in the Easter Vigil of 2007, I completed that by making confirmation. Wow. And about that same time, life just got really crazy. So um, I had made the decision that I needed to leave this marriage because there was a lot of other unhealthy things. The man I was married to was not paying our bills, our homes, and foreclosure had already had actually been sold in a sheriff sale. I didn't know. Um, There was all kinds of debt that was out there. Money was missing from our retirement accounts, from our checking account, lots Mm. of different places. And so I um, contacted my parents and said, humbled myself again to say, can I move back in Mm. with you for a while? Because I knew somehow that if I got a place of my own, I would allow him back in. And I wasn't strong. I was was weak. I was very weak. And so I did. And then three weeks later, I lost my job. Oh, my. And so now I, I felt homeless and unemployed and broke with a mound of debt. Oh, wow. And I contacted a bunch of different friends and said, like, hey, let's let's go on a cruise. Let's take that backpacking trip to Europe we always wanted to do after college, right? And they're all like, Lisa, we got families. Yeah. We got bills to pay. We got jobs. We got kids. We can't do this. Right. And so some friends of mine um, belonged to St. Patrick's in Wadsworth. And I was getting rid of so many things from my home. I said, well, don't you guys like... Um, like give to the homeless or something? Could you take all this stuff? And this person said to me, oh, well, we can send it to our Peru mission. And oh. I said, oh, what is that? So she told me about it and I had her take all this stuff. Well, then after I lost my job, I called um, her brother up, who was a very good friend of mine. And I said, call your sister and get me on that trip. Oh. And he said, what? And I said, that's right. Nobody can go on vacation with me. I'm going on that trip. And I literally, Letty, I thought I was going on vacation. Yeah. I, th- I was ex- I was trying to run from me, run from my problems, yes. and I'll never forget when I looked at the sheet and it said, you know, you have to have a spirit of discipleship. I had no idea what that even meant. What that even meant. Yeah. I didn't even know Jesus, right? Yeah. I didn't. So I went on this um, mission trip in 2007, and it radically changed my life. Praise God. Like I met Jesus in a radical, radical way. But I didn't, I didn't know who he was, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have language to put around what had happened to me, right? And so I came home, and I still needed a lot of healing to do, and I was seeing a, um, a Christian counselor, and I went to a lot of therapy. And during this time, I would seek the sacraments regularly. So I was going to Mass every week, crying out at Mass. Yeah. I just would cry every week take my pain to the foot of the cross and I just I didn't care who saw me cry who saw me weep I just wept yeah go to reconciliation a lot I went to some healing masses where I can get anointed and I know there's you know different people are on different lines that but I was sick yeah I was sick I was depressed I was spiritually sick I had thoughts of suicide yeah during times like this yeah and so I found myself um, not working and that following year I ended on that trip again and this time I said Jesus, I know who you are. Wow. And I will follow you. How beautiful. Anywhere. And he said, oh boy, do I have a plan (laughs) for you. (laughs) He did indeed, right? (laughs) And so since then, it's been amazing. So I can't say when, right? But after that, I got so hungry. 
and thirsty. And as painful as it was, right, to let all of these things and relationships go, I became completely bankrupt, right? And so now my life can be built on a foundation of rock, yes. on him, right? I didn't have money, so it didn't matter. I didn't own anything, right? It didn't matter. I gave belongings away, yes, right? And so um, I said, okay, Lord. And so I became really, really hungry. And there wasn't a lot of necessarily um, formation at my parish. So one of the things I used to do is every week I would go online and look at all the local bulletins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny to me now because I didn't have money, right? So right. I didn't have a lot of money to go out and do things. And I would look at whatever parishes were having formation events and I would go. Oh, and so sure. if it was $10 or $30 or whatever, I would go to these events, whether it was on prayer or catechesis or whatever it was. And then after a couple years, I decided, or in this time, that was right when the market crashed. Remember mm-hmm. when the real estate bubble had happened? So there wasn't a lot of work out there. And I was no longer feeling called to go back to the corporate America. Right? I didn't have the same desires or wants, right? Nor did I just even want that life. I, I wanted to just like tell everybody about God and go to work for him, right? <laughs> right. So um, I went through the lay leadership program for two years at... Um, St. Mary of the Lake, the Institute of Lay Formation, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll give a shout out to them. Yes. And then finished that. And then after that, I decided to go on and get my master's in pastoral studies. Beautiful. So four more years of school, right? Okay. But in that, um, I le- like I got a lot of theology and catechesis, right, that I did not have because right. I never had any of that. Growing up, I knew, you didn't have it. I knew who Jesus was, right? And in this time then, I started to um, really grow in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, mm. right? Yep. and really walking in that life of the Spirit, and that is when my life came alive. Beautiful. Right? And um, just starting to like learn what your gifts and charisms are. And so graduated, and after I graduated, um, I didn't feel called to go to work, and everybody thought I was crazy. Yeah. Right? Like, you just got all this education. You just spent all this money. Like, you need a job. You need to pay your bills, right? And right. I felt like the Lord was saying, no, yeah. no. I want you to go on mission. Okay. which is really scary for me, right? But um, I did. I went to Peru alone and um, was there for two months, and it was amazing. Oh, it was so amazing. God was so good. He so showed up in powerful, powerful ways. Beautiful. And I saw him work like I'd never seen before, and then I didn't come back and find a job again because I felt like he was calling me back. <laughs> so then I went back again for three months, and this t- and then I started blogging, right? Which was really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, people think probably think like, oh, that's so amazing, right? Like you're out there blogging, but the way in which I write is very vulnerable. Yeah. So I really put my heart out there and people can judge me and I yeah. could be persecuted and mocked and whatever. So it was really hard. I really had to work through a lot of fear yeah. and the fear of man and sharing my story yeah. and ponder a lot about, am I saying the right thing? And am I saying something that's you know theologically wrong or against the church or whatever um so started doing that and then when i came home the second time from peru i just said okay lord i know i'm supposed to be home now and so if you want me to go and work for you you're going to open the door yeah like i'm going to take an active role in that right but you are going to open the door and i will wait and i will be patient and then the door did and that's how i ended up at saint paul and that's when i met you how beautiful wow what a story And I, and I would think that a lot of listeners can relate to parts of your story, at least in the sense that oftentimes when we face a great loss, a great betrayal, a great wound in life, 
like uh, a broken marriage um, and we end up kind of humbled and uh, losing a lot of what we valued at that time, that's when God can do his greatest work in us, right? Because he can like take us and he can start shaping us and go reshaping us and going, well, I didn't really want want you to be like that anyways. So here, let me redirect how I want you to live your life. Yeah, so I think that's really important, right? Because the Lord's grace is out there and it's free for the receiving. And there's my good friends always know that I say, you know, the grace is available, but you get you have to get off the bench and get in the game of grace yeah. and cooperate. Cooperate, yes. And I can't tell you how, right? That's by the Lord's grace. But somewhere along the way, I learned to cooperate yes. with the Lord's grace. And my life just got radically transformed. Like, I don't think that there's anything in my life today that is the same Yeah, that it used You're to be. You're a new creation. Oh, absolutely. Even, even in the way I think, right? Like in the Romans, like renewal of mind, right? So yeah, everything changed. And it's beautiful. It wasn't like I just laid down either and said, Okay, Lord, you can take it all. No, mm. I was a lot, you know, like Jacob in the cave. We yeah. wrestled a lot, right? Like, Lord, you want me to let go of this <laughs> or this relationship or you want me to do what? Like we wrestled and but that's okay. The Lord can take that just as long as you take it to him. Yes. He doesn't mind. No. Right? I, I think that too often we try to do it on our own. We don't go to him. Yes. And I just learned to go to him even when it looked ugly mm-hmm. and that's okay absolutely he knows he knows who you he are knows and everything. he loves you right he knows everything so um i learned to not hide somehow along the way not to, i don't have that perfected right but like we heard yes. that in the garden right and the lord calls out to adam like where are you yes where are you he knows he does he knows where we are right and i was so covered up with so many things um so much shame right oh yeah. so much shame that slowly the Lord started to peel all that back. How beautiful. And I, I allowed him. And so getting naked, right, before the Lord is, is hard, but that's what he wants us to do. And who's more naked than him on the cross, right? There's nobody Amen. more vulnerable than him. Yeah. And I hope our, our listeners are really, you know, taking this to heart that we do have to learn how to be vulnerable with the Lord. And it's not because he doesn't already know everything. He does. He knows it. But he wants us to trust him. He wants us to go into the deeper places of our own hearts that are scary for us mm-hmm. and to reveal that to him out of trust and out of love and say, Lord, I'm broken. You know, this yeah. is where I'm really hurting or struggling or afraid. Or, yeah. And he really blesses that kind of vulnerability. Yeah, I remember the first time I, so um, by the time I went to Peru alone, that was my sixth trip. And wow. I'd already done it with a group, right? Right. But when I felt him calling me to do this by myself, I, Letty, I was so afraid. I bet. So afraid. I don't know the language. Yeah. I still cannot speak Spanish, yeah. shamefully. I say yeah. that. No. Nope. Um, but I hadn't traveled out of the country alone. People think I'm like well-traveled. I am not well-traveled at right. all. And so I was speaking with my spiritual director, and I was getting ready to make a silent retreat. And he said to me, Lisa, I want you just to go before the Blessed Sacrament and just pray. I'll get a little weepy. And I just went before the Blessed Sacrament for hours and just said, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Lord, you want me to do this, but I am so afraid. I can't do this alone. I don't know how to do this alone. I don't know the language. I'm going to get lost. I don't know how to travel alone. Like, what, what am I going to do? And I just prayed and prayed and begged him for grace. And I can't explain 
how it happened, right? But I did experience some kind of like interior shift of grace. Praise God. That happened. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And when I went, I went fearlessly. How beautiful. And I even remember like getting in the airport and being like, I don't know what to do, right? And just stopping and be like, ask for help. Exactly. Ask for help. Yeah. Look at somebody who's trusted and say, I'm lost. I don't know Spanish. I need help. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the Lord just wanted me to come, right, yes. and just be and sit with Him. Well, so I want to I want to emphasize a few points of what you've shared so far. So, earlier in your story, you talked about the hunger and the mm-hmm. thirst, right? And even going there as your spiritual director told you to to go and spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, right? That is one of the places that we will be filled if we're hungering and thirsting for the Lord. Go and sit in front of our dear Lord, in front of him, fully present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the blessed sacrament, and he will fill you up. That's truth. Anybody who doesn't spend time with him regularly needs to really ask themselves if they can find a way to make that a part of their spiritual journey, because sitting with him is unbelievable grace that he wants to pour into our lives, Mm -hmm because he wants to develop that stronger, deeper, more intimate relationship with his children. But if we never give him time, other than the one hour on Sundays at Mass, you know, um, then it's going to be harder for us to really receive all that he wants to give us. That's true. And so I would say in part of my journey, as things were changing, my lifestyle was changing, right? I don't watch television. I haven't really watched television in like 13 years. I know people think that's crazy, but I don't have Hulu. I don't have Netflix. I don't watch TV, right? Yeah, you don't need it. And so I don't need it. And so I read a lot. I watch things on YouTube and and different things, but you're not as distracted. And so hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. Like the Blessed Sacrament is absolutely important, but if whatever you reason can't get there, right? For sure. Just sit and be. Just sit. Open your and heart be to the Lord. Open your heart and don't tell the Lord all your woes. Right? There's nothing wrong with that, right? But just let Him just love you. Yes. Let Him just love you. Like I, I can't tell you how often I just sit and say, Lord, just love me. Amen. Love me because you can't give away what you don't have and what you don't know. That's right. Right. So if you don't know that He loves you and you don't feel that love, how can you share that love with anybody Amen. else? You Amen. Amen. So. I think it's St. Um, Teresa of Calcutta used to tell her novices, like they used to say, Mother, I don't know what to pray. And she used to say, go in front of the Blessed Sacrament or the Tabernacle and just say, Jesus, love me. Amen. Right? And so just find that time just to sit with him and be, and just be naked and just be real. And be, be real. Authentic. Be real. Exactly. Just be real. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I know. I've seen so many people throughout my time working in ministry that you know they're afraid right and i was i was there at one point in my life as well and you you mentioned mm-hmm. it yourself that you were afraid you were sh- you were shameful of some of the brokenness that you had mm-hmm. gone through and bringing that shame to light bringing that brokenness to light is extremely difficult for many m- most of us right because we're just like trying to hide it because it's so ugly and the lord's like no 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 my child bring it forward bring it forward so i can i can pour yeah. my light into that darkness and I can bring healing to those deeper wounds of your heart. It reminds me of um, a story when I first found out that my husband had this affair. I was so ashamed that one of the things I did to hide was went around the house and I closed all the blinds and at night I would keep the lights dim so nobody can see in. Yeah. Right? And so I really understand shame and how shame works and 
shame is a tool of the enemy, right? Yes. Because the Lord doesn't want us to live in shame. No, he doesn't. Right? And so it was about like learning to allow the Lord to open up that shade, right? And let his light and his love into my soul to bring healing. And when you start to get healing, like you get freedom. Amen. Right? And the Lord, this is always my big thing that I want to preach and proclaim, right? Like the Lord just doesn't want you to know that he loves you, but he wants you to walk in freedom. Because when you walk in freedom, you could set the captives free, right? And so he wants to bring, it is his sole desire to do that for us. Yes, yes. And so many people are afraid to step forward to ask for healing Mm -hmm. because they don't understand that, that he really, really wants to set us free from all the junk that we carry, the, the hurts, the wounds, the fears, the doubts, the those voices that come from the enemy that tell us we'll never be good enough or our life will never be anything better than what it is and just give up, give up, give up. You mentioned suicide. It's you know, all lies. Right? Lies. It's, it's all lies from the enemy. And he com- when he sees someone who is down, mm-hmm. who has already hurting, that's when he really unleashes a horrible attack against that person because he's, he's trying to lead people to despair and, and uh, hopelessness. And that's when other people of faith have to step in and go oh no 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 you know that is a lie or the lord will step in himself and help so i had had a wonderful wonderful um in this time i met a wonderful christian um counselor okay and he would previously been a protestant pastor and it's funny because how i met him was i went into the bank one day and a friend of mine said lisa i heard this rumor about you is it true and i said i was so embarrassed i said yeah i'm getting divorced and he said you know are you seeing anybody and i'm like dating oh lord no i'm not dating like i'm kind of done with dating for a while or men right like right. i want no part of that and he says no no no. he hands me a <coughs> card and he says here go see this guy oh, and beautiful. i started seeing this therapist and um saw him for quite a while almost two years beautiful and he exuded the first time i'd ever seen it exuded god's love yes like nobody i knew in his office and i just wanted to sit with him all the time and tell him my woes yeah and tell him my my heart and my pain and it brought so much healing praise to god my life right and he saw me he saw me yes right and that was so important because there were times that i was in despair yes and i said i have these thoughts i know and he said keep coming here keep talking to me and he was praying for me and many people were praying for me yes absolutely yeah. Um, and and I, I think you know your story of having a um, a spouse betray you is a very common story in today's mm-hmm. world, right? Mm-hmm. So there's I'm sure there are many people listening in right now who have probably gone through something similar. And it is it's a place of terrible loss and terrible brokenness where you have lost that innocence and how how did that get robbed from me? This was supposed to be a forever commitment, you know. Um, but God, and you may even think, I'll, it'll never, I'll never get past this. And again, it is a lie. And Lisa's here to witness to that because she is way past that. And she is living in freedom. And she is now a disciple, even when she didn't know the word, no. what the word meant. And, and yet the Lord raised her up and he transformed her. And he has uh, set her free to go out and proclaim this truth. He's good. He is so good. good. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. um, So this is um, just a beautiful part of her story. There's more to come. Um, We're going to uh, come back in a little while and hear a little bit more of how she has cooperated with the Lord's grace and um, 
her passion to see God's people heal, whole, and free. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this very short break. This is Letty Medea with Healing the Whole Person. This is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore, wishing the fullness of God's blessings upon all those who will soon be receiving the sacrament for the first time. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information, including a virtual tour, is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person, and I'm here with Lisa Phillip, and she, again, is the Director of Evangelization and Youth Formation at St. Paul the Apostle um, Catholic Church in Gurney. And she, over the last half hour or so, has been sharing a little bit about some of the um, tragedy that she experienced through the loss of her marriage and the brokenness and how the, the Lord turned that all around and he actually renewed her, healed her, transformed her entire life and made her a disciple. So this part of the show, she's going to talk a little bit more about how the Lord called her into ministry and how she had the grace to cooperate and to step out of her comfort zone. And so where do you want to go from here, Lisa? Um, I think I want to talk about a couple things. First, I, I didn't mention this before, but while I was making this journey, right, I had been in through several evangelization retreats, Light of the World. I'm sure you've yes. seen a bit, right? Yes. And I really call that my training ground, my boot camp. That okay. was my boot camp to learn how to be a disciple, right? Okay. And in this time, I grew a lot in personal prayer. And so, you know, vocal prayer is important, right? Like, it's always important to pray the rosary or pray the yes. chaplet or whatever. We should never abandon vocal prayer. Right. But really when I started to have that personal prayer life with reading scripture and sitting with God's word and keeping a prayer journal, mm -hmm. I started to see where the Lord was leading me, right? And so that's how I actually ended up kind of going on mission. And what had happened was as the Lord started healing me, and I had been seeing for quite a while like what's in the gospel, right? Like mm -hmm. heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, raise the dead. Yes. But I'm like, Lord, where's this power, right? I believe this, my heart, I believe it, but where, where is it? I, I, yes. I don't see it. And I would see part of it sometimes when I was in previous missions of Peru, but I, I didn't see it here. And what ended up happening was I actually went on a conference and, um, at this conference, at the beginning, we were told to pray. Okay. And I prayed a dangerous prayer. Which was? I prayed, Lord, I recklessly abandon myself to you. Amen. 
and wow, he took me and he laid me out for a while in front of all to see, right? Yeah, yeah. But this power of God came upon me, right? Beautiful. And it's not for me, right, to use, but for me to use to bring him glory, to build Amen. his kingdom, right? To yeah. set those captives free, right? Yeah. And so I really became really passionate about healing. And I'm sure that's the Lord's grace, right? And so as the Lord started to heal me spiritually, I'm like, this is available for everybody, right? Like the Lord wants to do this. He wants to heal his people. Yes. And he wants his people to to walk in freedom. And so I started reading a lot about healing, journeying into that, um, reading books, um, experimenting, right? Like with prayer and um, going to different conferences and all that kind of stuff. And so when I went to Peru alone, that uh, first time, it was my sixth trip, I spent a lot of time praying with people in villages. Oh, wow. And saw amazing things happen. Beautiful. Right? And so these things that, these stories that we really read in the Gospels, they're real. Yes. And they're happening all over the world, right? Yeah. And I think here in the States, we've so relied on modern medicine and on our, our minds and to try to figure it all out. Not that that's important, like praise God, God created all of that, right? He has created doctors, he has created modern medicine, our pharmaceutical industry, all of that, right? But we also have God available, Yes. right? And not only could we provide physical healing, but he wants to heal us spiritually and yes. emotionally as yes. well, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would just go out to villages and I would pray with families or my favorite was praying with little kids because they're like sponges, yes. right? Or the parish that I worked at had a clinic, and so it was a free clinic. People could come for any kind of ailment they wanted, and they would see a nurse, and after the nurse would say, you know, there's a there's a missionary around the corner. You can go in there, and if you want, she'll pray with you. How beautiful. And I didn't have a translator most of the time, so through my broken Spanglish, is yes. what I call it, yes. and Google Translate, they would point what their ailment was or whatever, and I would see people leave that clinic with healings. Praise God. There was a woman who came in with a cane who could not walk. She barely walked. She shuffled like this. Her feet just, you can't see, you know, on the radio, but I'm moving my hands. She just shuffled. And after we prayed, she literally like was carrying her cane over her shoulder and like walking, almost skipping out. How beautiful. And everybody that was in the hallway was yes. like chanting and, you know, like yes. praising God. It Praise was God. so beautiful. Um, and so really... As I started to see the Lord work, and I guess as I kind of started to see that the Lord really wanted to use me this way, right, I started to step out a little bit more and do that a little bit more. And that was a little scary, right? Yes. Like sometimes you, <laughs> you get it a little wrong or whatever, but I started boldly taking risks. And I looked weird sometimes to other missionaries who are around with me. Praise God that they still befriended me. I thank them for that. But I know there were some strange things, right? Because... When the Holy Spirit comes, right, we don't get to control him. No. Right? <laughs> Nor do control. we want to, right? Yes. And so um, I just started praying with people, and I had had so much fun. And what I had realized was, you know, the quote, St. Irenaeus. Yes. Um, what, what is it? When the, the uh, man comes, like when the glory of God is on you, you're like, you are man fully alive. Yes. And I felt fully alive when I was working out of those gifts. Beautiful. And it was so beautiful. And even if somebody didn't receive a healing, they received a moment Absolutely. of God's love, right? And the so graces were there. I always say yeah. to people, 
that God loves you. And especially Amen. to the children, right? Like, hey, Jesus te ama. Amen. Right? Like, Jesus that is loves gift. you. Yeah. Right? And so, and you would just see them smile, mm. and their our eyes would just sparkle, and it was just so beautiful. How, that must have taken a lot of courage, though, for you to step out like that. It did. I can't say I didn't do it without a little trepidation, right? Like, and yeah. especially when there was other people around who I didn't know, and, um, Sometimes it did make other missionaries who I didn't know very uncomfortable. Yeah. And so there would be chatter. What is that missionary doing? Right? Yes. Right. And, you know, you'd say, well, that's in the Gospels, right? Right. But it, they would say something like, well, yeah, but that that's just the Gospels, right? Like, that doesn't happen now. You don't you don't really believe that that happens, do you? Like, <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I do believe that happens. Well, so I'm going to read John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father, right? That is truth. Mm -hmm. And if we are working out of the power of the Holy Spirit and we're allowing the Lord to use us as a vessel, why wouldn't we expect healings to happen in his name? It's him doing the healing through us. We're nothing but a vessel. The glory goes back to him. But of course, he's asking us to be people of great faith and to be those healers and amen and i think i got to a point where sometimes i would hear things very strongly like we'd be mm -hmm. uh, i'll give you an example we were out um in a village one day and there was a fiesta and i was working with two other missionaries and i after the fiesta was over i heard the lord say to me like that woman go pray with that woman and showed me who she was and so i go up to her and i yeah you know, i can't communicate i don't have my phone i don't have any wi-fi out there and so i'm trying to tell her the Lord wants you to pray with me. And she looks very confused, right? Yes. And suddenly this other missionary comes over. It's like, Lisa, do you need help? And I'm like, yes, please translate to this woman that God wants me to pray with her. Can I pray with her? And he, he, so he translates and we start praying. And all of a sudden she starts weeping. Praise weeping. God. Weeping. And she says to this translator who says to me, how did she know? <laughs> I'm having such a bad day today. Oh. I was so upset. I am so hurting. How did she know? Oh. And I said, I didn't. The Lord told me. Yes. Right? I, I didn't God. know. And so I could have like walked over and that could have went really wrong, right? Yes. I could have been yes. rejected or whatever, but. You were faithful to what faithful, God asked. So I, was, I was obedient, right? And yes. I needed to be obedient. Um and that's hard it sometimes. Is. It is. Right? Yeah. So because you look foolish sometimes. I know. And sometimes the Lord has had me do and say some crazy things. Even though <laughs> my friends think I'm a little crazy. But it's all good. It's in his name, right? So it's exactly. all good. Exactly. He wants to do great things. So I see that passion in you that you want to see God's people healed, whole and free. I mean, you're involved now in youth ministry and evangelization at a parish. Uh, do you have ideas about how you'd like to bring this to a parish kind of setting? Like, is that something you've even thought about? Or? I haven't. I'll admit I haven't spent too much time thinking about that. So it's kind of weird, like, being at the, the parish I'm at now. Only 20 days in, we ended up on the shelter in place, With right? COVID, so that was, yep. I, that was very challenging and very difficult. So very. now we're coming back and we're kicking off our fall program. And But I definitely believe that. We live in a time where fear is everywhere, right? Yeah. And it's probably always been there, mm -hmm. but now what's happened, it just becomes so much more apparent. Yeah. And we live like slaves. Yeah. People live like slaves. They are afraid of everything. Yeah. We're afraid of dying. And if we know Christ, we shouldn't even be afraid of dying, right? No. We're afraid to go out now. A friend just told me a story 
that at the beginning of this pandemic, she didn't take her children out for several of the months, like, you know, was cautious, whatever, and then said, well, we got to start going out, right? Sure. 13-year-old child wouldn't leave the house, was mm. paralyzed in fear. Yeah. And I hear those stories and I'm like, that's not how the Lord wants us to live. No, no. Right? Absolutely. I'm not saying jump in front of a train. We need to live with caution and reason and, you know, and all of that. But he wants us to live freely. Amen. And so, and I, I think that's pervasive from early childhood all the way to the elderly, right? Yeah. And the fear has always been there. It's just been covered up mm-hmm. by the busyness of our lives yeah. by all the idols that we have right whether it's you know sports or entertainment or money or whatever and now that's all changing right things are shifting the lord is shaking things and yeah. he's allowing the nations to shake yeah. that is scary for some people right so we need to get rooted in him and yeah i absolutely think that a part of event like evangelization and healing go hand in hand you yeah. can't have one without the other yes you can't evangelize and not heal because uh, and i always say this i say this all the time we are all the walking wounded there mm-hmm. is not one person who does not have woundedness of some kind or another from their childhood from relationships absolutely. whatever it is absolutely and i think in there i just want to say this too that not only is evangelization and healing go hand in hand but evangelization and deliverance mm. goes hand in hand mm-hmm. and deliverance is not a bad word. No. Deliverance is a good word. <laughs> it is so good, right? Yes. Because when the Lord delivers you from things like this fear or this anxiety, yes. that's when you get to walk in that freedom. Amen. And we're all wounded. Yes. We're all of us. So when we start to face our brokenness and our woundedness, that's where he sets us free. And s- people are afraid to go there. They somehow think that if they admit that maybe, maybe this thing happened when they were a child or 13 or 20 or 40 or 50 or 60, 80, whatever that it is, right? That That's embarrassing, yes. or that's bad or whatever. But what you realize is these things that happen in our life, especially when they're younger, we look at them through the mind of being a five-year-old yeah. or being a 10-year-old. Yep. So when you step into that time, you remember that really hurt my feelings. I felt really powerless or I was fearful yes. or I was shamed or whatever that it might be, right? And those are the places that the Lord wants to come and we should not be afraid. No. So it's all absolutely a part of evangelization. How we're gonna incorporate all of that. Not sure yet. I'm not sure yet, I'll admit, right? Especially in this time of um, virtual reality, right? Yes. Even that, the Lord can work through this virtual reality. And I've seen him do some amazing things via Zoom, via the radio, Absolutely. via the phone, right? So let's not put God yes. in a box. God can get through all of it, right? He can and he will because he wants to. He wants to bless us all. He does. Um, I'll just share real briefly at St. Um, Gilbert in Grays Lake, that my parish, um, we did a, a retreat, um, one, one day retreat. And at part of the retreat, we did um, invite people up for prayer. So we had two prayer teams to pray with people. And we said, listen, come up if you feel comfortable and just tell us what you want prayers for if you have some you know health problems if you have money problems if you have sorrows that you've experienced or brokenness that you're feeling anxiety fear whatever it is just come and ask us and we'll pray with you and it was so beautiful because you can see a lot of the trepidation that people have stepping forward it takes a lot of courage and, but it was so powerful because, like, I remember one older cu- woman, she said she was crying as we prayed with her. And she said, I had no idea 
that anything like this was ever even possible. Like, I've never experienced anything like this. Because she felt the power of the Holy Spirit during that prayer time. Yeah. And I think that, you know, our faith is not an experience, right? But the Lord gives you those experiences so that you can encounter his love and mercy. In a real way. In a real way. So you know he's real. You can say yes and then have that faith. Because you're not always going to have experiences. No, you're not. Right? But they are real, and they happen all the time. Yes. And he wants to generously give them to his children to say, let me show you who I am. Let me show you that I am a loving God, that I am a passionate God, that I am a merciful God, right? I'm a powerful God, and I want to use you. (laughs) And he does. He wants to use all of us. Yes. To, like, grow my kingdom here on earth, right? And so, yeah, and I think, though, we sometimes as Catholics, we try to mission before we're healed. We're healed <laughs> before we know who Jesus is and before we know who our identity is. Amen. So, especially in the case of like healing, you really need to know who you are in Jesus yes. and where your authority comes from, right? Because right. it's not you. No. And you're only fruitful when you get out of the way. Yeah. You let him work through you and you recognize it's in the power of his name. Amen. Right? And then you can be fruitful and you yes. can be effective. Otherwise, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Yes. You're going to, you could, you have the potential to possibly hurt people Absolutely. along the way. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so we try to do that. And I think that there's so many Catholics out there today, faithful Catholics, wonderful Catholics, right? That are faithful to the church and to the faith and to the sacraments, but they don't know him. Yeah. In an intimate Not, They don't have the relationship way, with him in a right? way. Yeah. And I think now is a time where he's saying, come. For sure. Come. The nations are being shaken, right? Come to me. Let me show you mm-hmm. who I am, how real I am. Wa- let me walk with you. Let me walk with you, right? Let mm-hmm. me be by your side. Let me in. Let me show you. Yes. And hopefully there's somebody out there that today that just says yes to that. Yes. Just say yes. The Lord is, he's, call- he's always calling us. He's calling his people back. Turn to him. Be vulnerable to him. Don't be afraid to share the deepest, darkest secrets of your heart with our Lord. He wants to help you. You know, one thing before we end, I, w- I know you wanted to share a little bit about the, the beautiful gift of spiritual direction. Oh, yeah. So spiritual direction probably one of those things in addition to the sacraments and um personal prayer it's probably one of the things that has radically helped me and yes. changed my life yes. um for a couple reasons like selecting somebody that you're going to journey with selecting somebody you allow yourself to get intimate with and mm-hmm. be vulnerable yes. with and my very first spiritual director um father michael fuller mm-hmm. praise god for him mm-hmm. he's so good um he started having me keep a prayer journal beautiful and, you know, you think when you think of prayer journal, a lot of times people get caught up in thinking you're journaling all kinds of pages. But sometimes, you know, I pray with scripture. Sometimes you're just writing one word. Yes. Or sometimes you just write a question. But as human beings, as time goes on, life is busy, right? And we forget. Yes. We, don't all, we can't tie the threads together. But as a month goes by or a year goes by and you start looking back, you're like, duh. This is where the Lord is leading me. How did I not see this the whole time, right? right? Like, right. I just had an experience the other day at Mass where I'd been praying over the book of Jeremiah. And mm-hmm. It was just um, two weekends ago, it was the reading at Mass. Okay. And, and it says, you know, I have so much fire in my heart. Yes. And I grow weary. I need to speak out. And I was praying for months, Letty. I've been praying this for six months. <laughs> Lord, what are you leading me to? What are you leading me to? I'm writing it down, writing it down. And then all of a sudden I was at Mass. And whoo, felt like I got a two by four over the head. Beautiful. And I was like, 
Lisa, you need to be speaking out. Don't hold back about who I am. Tell people who I am. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. So for our listeners, just um, to encourage you to seek out a spiritual director if you have that desire to go deeper and to really kind of grow in your faith journey, um, learn more about prayer, learn more about the discipline of how to grow in holiness, how to seek uh, holiness and discipleship, a life of discipleship and mission. Um, it's a it's a great gift. It is hard to find good spiritual directors. It is, and I want to say the spiritual director is really the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's three people. It's you, the director, and the Holy Spirit. But it is the Holy Spirit always. Yes, very important. Um, but but don't be discouraged. Pray about it. If you have a longing to have a spiritual director, ask the Lord to provide that person Amen. in your life. And then just continue to persevere in that prayer. And I, I, I trust that he will give you someone if you really are earnestly seeking um, his help um, for that for that gift. And it's just wonderful to have a companion on the journey. Oh, it's we all need them, right? Incredible blessing. Walk, walk alone, you'll fall. Yeah. You'll fail. Absolutely. They're there to help you. Yeah. Carry you through. Yeah. yeah. One, one last thing. We only have a couple minutes left. Um, forgiveness. As part of your journey, I, ha I know you had to go oh, through a lot of yeah. forgiveness. So one of the things that I used to do was when I went to Mass every week and I was weeping, and we would say the Our Father, and when it got to that place of, you know, Forgive us our forgiveness sins. our sins, I would insert my ex-husband's name and this other woman's name. I won't, I'll keep her private, but her name in there and say, Lord, I don't know how to forgive, but grant me the grace Amen. to forgive, because okay. I don't want to be a bitter woman. Yes, yes, amen. So I hope everyone who hears that tries to employ that beautiful way of praying. If you have someone that you're really struggling to forgive, and it, it truly is beyond our ca capacity. Oh, 100%. But God can give you the grace if you ask for it, and you have to ask for it. And some people prefer to hold on in anger and bitterness. You're and captive. It is, and you are, you are the one who's changed. Okay? He wants to set you free So let him set you free and begin to pray that prayer by putting the name of that person in the Our Father. That's lovely. That's a wonderful little nugget you've just given our listeners. Lisa, thank you so much. Your, your story has been uh, very inspirational. Thank you for having me. Very hopeful, very beautiful to, to witness all that God has done in your journey of faith. And he is a God of hope and redemption and restoration. Amen. Turn to him. Don't be afraid. Trust in him. He wants to bring healing and freedom to your lives. Thank you for tuning in. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org.